leftovers, or the DMV, or house cleaning, or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Welcome to another episode of Duncan Dynasty. I'm your host, Garrett Bouguet. On this week's episode, Jerry Christodolados and I talked about the Western Conference tier structure teams we expect and uh, the order we expect them to finish in that conference. If you missed last week's episode, the two of us discussed our thoughts on the Eastern Conference tier structure. So if you haven't listened to that, please uh, please check that one out. But without further ado, here's this episode. Enjoy. So let's move on to the West now and uh, let's talk about your, your conference favorites uh, in that conference. All right. So here I think as probably most people have broken down. I've got Golden State and Houston in a tier of their own. Mm-hmm. I agree. And, uh, you know, with with a lot of the stuff that Houston has done, you know, obviously losing Ariza in free agency, losing Mute in free agency, and, and recently trading Ryan Anderson, as well as DeAnthony Melton, their second-round pick for Brandon Knight and Marquise Chris. What do you think about those moves for for the Rockets and their their chances of of contending? Oh, and and I forgot to mention they they added Carmelo Anthony as well. Yeah, and and James Ennis on the wing. Yes, uh, I think in the regular season they should be fine. Like this is going to be a top three, top four offense at the very worst, probably. Yeah, right? I mean, I have a hard time seeing how they'll be out of the bottom five on that end of the floor. I mean, James Ennis, you know, he's a, he's a solid player. Not the greatest shooter. I mean, he's gotten into the high 30s before over seasons, but had a down year last year shooting three. If he's the Ariza replacement, I'm interested to see how he performs this year. Um, he was playing on Memphis and Detroit the past two years, though, so not, not teams that really had great spacing. Uh, so he might be in a, in a better environment to excel now in Houston, and I think he'll really help them. Yeah. Um, as far as the other additions, you know, to me, Brandon Knight is just literally a regular season. Like, let's throw this guy into soak up some minutes while Paul and Harden either, you know, rest for a full game or just while they're resting uh, on the bench, you know. Uh, he's more of a depth play. I, I don't see him having any impact on this team in the playoffs, really. Right, because he would have to, you know, to crack the rotation, he would reasonably have to, to get ahead of one of James Harden, Chris Paul, or Eric Gordon. And, yeah, that's that's not happening. Yeah, I, I, generally speaking, I mean, I think this team is going to be in good shape. But, right, the, the big concern is obviously Carmelo, right? And, and 
if he's going to be playing big minutes, how is that going to impact the switching scheme, which, you know, we saw against Golden State in the Western Finals last year. It had to be flawless for them to even have a shot at winning that series. And if you've got Melo in there, uh, can you can you pull that off? Right. But, again, I think that's really going to be a problem against Golden State. Other teams will attack Melo and whatnot, but, you know, I, I think this Houston team is good enough to withstand that. I think they're the second-best team pretty comfortably in the conference right now. So, so my thoughts on the Rockets, you know, I've got Golden State 1 and, and Houston 2, and, and I have that not only for regular season projections, but also playoff projections. I think what Houston has done has has hurt their regular season more than a lot of people might think. You know, I think a, a big part of why Houston was able to get into that elite of the elite tier of getting into the mid-60s and wins is because not only did they have an unbelievable offense, but they also had a top-10 defense. And without the likes of Ariza and Mbamute, and, and frankly, I think Carmelo is an even worse defender than Ryan Anderson, who, who played a lot of minutes for them in the, in the regular season last year. I think they're going to be significantly worse on that end. And, you know, if, if they go from 65 to even 57 or 58 wins, that may make the difference between having home court and, and even if Chris Paul doesn't get hurt in the playoffs last season, I think Houston needs home court to beat the Warriors. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, you know, uh, I mean, they just lose a lot of, in losing Ariza and, and Barbuta, they just lose a lot of lineup flexibility that you really like to have. Right, and, you know, a lot of those lineups with Tucker at the five. Yeah, yeah, it, it, really, it really limits them. So, I mean, those were, those were big losses. And, you know, adding Ennis helps, but, We'll see. I think they still have moves to make throughout the year, but again, last year might have been their best shot to derail the Warriors. I don't think that's. Uh, I don't think I'm saying anything particularly enlightening, considering they, you know, they took him to seven. But uh, I don't know. And, and one more, one more year on the uh, on the speedometer for uh, for Paul and Harden. You know, and fatigue has always been a problem for them. So we'll see. Right, and and yeah, they're they're more likely to have some, some regression from their guys uh, than, than probably Golden State even is. So, so yeah, I agree, and uh, I, I'll trust Daryl Morey that he's got another move up his sleeve, you know, whether that's before the regular season or at the trade deadline, but I still think they need, they need another piece to, uh, to go at that Warriors team. But uh, moving on to the, to the next tier in the West, who do you have next? All right, so I have like a little mini tier here. Uh, two teams that I think are, I mean, barring barring injury, are rock solid. Really should make the playoffs and be probably home court teams. Uh, and here I've got the Jazz and the Thunder. That's exactly what I have. <laughs> we're, we're in lockstep today, man. Yes. Um, and and yeah, I, uh, I I think I've got Utah at three, and uh, I think they're. Uh, they're just a team that you know they're going to be they're going to be great defensively, and they I think they surprised a lot of people and how with how good they were offensively, and a lot of that surprise was was due to Donovan Mitchell's amazing rookie season. But he's a guy that's going to get better. I still uh, expect a leap from Dante Exum. I'm still a believer in Exum, 
and you know even even guys like Rudy Gobert and Derek Favors are still relatively young and and getting better. Uh, so this team has still a lot of room to improve, and and I think chemistry is just going to continue to to get better with that roster as well. Yeah, I'm I'm super high on the Jazz. I mean, you know exactly what you're going to get on the defensive end as long as Gobert is healthy. This is going to be what at worst the second best defensive team in the NBA, probably. You would think. Yeah. Uh, and then on the other end, you know, they've got they've got the motion, they've got the screening. And uh, the Jazz are always fun to watch, you know, as long as, if Mitchell can make a few improvements, I, I, they could really, really be special, I think, like in, in the mid-50s wins. If he's, you know, on the trajectory that we think he might be on, become a, a legit superstar. Yeah, and, you know, they, they suffered from a lot of just kind of fluke injuries with Rudy Gobert, guys falling into his legs last season. You know, if he if he ends up playing anywhere from 75 to, to 82 games this season, that's going to, uh, to up their win total as well because when he's on the floor, the Utah Jazz generally win. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, you know, I mean, they didn't really, they didn't really lose anyone this past summer either. They didn't really lose anyone of consequence. I think, you know, Jarebko, I think he joined the Warriors, right? Yep. You know, he wasn't especially playable in a lot of their playoff series anyway. Well, and they're getting, uh, they're uh, getting Cephalosha back from injury as well, the Jazz. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Another, another, you know, guy on the wing that you know is, is just super game for anything. (laughs) Yeah. Another tough guy right there. And then, uh, you know, when they traded for Crowder last year, uh, he really helped unlock a lot of interesting lineups for them. A lot of their best lineups later in the year were featuring, you know, Crowder uh, at the four. And, uh, you know, that's always been their concern, right? Getting a guy at the four that can provide some semblance of shooting. Right. Um, and, and as long as, as, as they can, you know, even if they're going to fake it a little bit and play you know, Crowder and Ingles at that spot, right? And those guys are, especially Ingles, could be a pretty deadly shooter. Yeah, and, uh, and Ricky Rubio, Ricky Rubio has uh, has improved his jump shot the last couple of years, and, and, you know, for guys that are getting up to their mid to late 20s, I think that's one of the, the easiest things to, to continue to get better at is that jump shot, and Rubio has shown more confidence in a Jazz uniform. Yeah, I, I I think that they're gonna be I think that they're gonna be really you know just really pesky obviously <laughs> right that's the, that's the first thing that comes to mind with them they're just gonna be really pesky to play against and, and that's the kind of team especially in the regular season that you know you could see winning fifty four or fifty five games I think yeah and speaking of pesky teams uh, to play against that that also I would say uh, includes the Oklahoma City Thunder who we both have then at the four spot. Uh, they're a team that, uh, with Robertson coming back this year from his injury and also getting rid of Mello and, I, I believe, either replacing him with uh, Jeremy Grant or Patrick Patterson at that four spot, their defense is going to be ferocious. Yeah, it should be, uh, again, one of the best in the league. You know, Robertson is, is a concern, right? He's coming off of a, of a teller tear, which is, you know, a pretty rough injury and, and He's the kind of player that has so many offensive limitations that he's got to be absolutely, you know, just awesome 
on defense to warrant even being played. Right. He has, you know, if he comes back and he's not the same, he might just become unplayable. Yeah, that's that's totally fair. I mean, he uh, most of his offensive contributions are also due to his athleticism. He'll get on the offensive glass, he'll back cut and go for lobs and those sorts of things. You know, if he's if he's got the same physical limitations that prevent him from being as dominant of a defender, it may make his what is a you know a pretty bad offensive player somehow even worse. Yeah, and but be, beyond that, uh, you know, I, I think that they should be better than they were last year, right? I mean, this was a team that was pretty disappointing. Yeah, and won forty-eight games. Uh, you know, Patterson is the is the big hope here, right? If he was uh, basically a disaster, and when they signed him last year, everyone was, you know, really excited that they got him at the mid-level, and that he could be a cog in this team, you know, in, in a lot of switchy lineups, a, a rangy player that they could play at the four or the five, uh, and he didn't turn out being that. So we'll see if, if this season, you know... If, if that's just who he is now, or if he was really impacted by the injuries at the beginning of last year. Right, because he was, he was great for Toronto for years, so yeah, it was, it was surprising to see him struggle that much. But yeah, if, uh, you know, if he comes back and is, is the player that we saw with the Raptors, and you know, if, if Robertson is back and healthy, and uh, you know, is at least 95% of his old self, that team is going to be, is going to be uh, a, a group that that other teams are going to be terrified if they see them in the Western Conference playoff bracket. Yeah, the the concern here is is the offense, right? I mean, not a lot of great shooters on this team. Uh, Paul George probably being the most reliable, right? And even he goes through some stretches where he's just going to be not shooting well for extended periods of time. Uh. And then they're going to be playing, they could be playing Grant at the four a lot, another shaky guy. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, I, I am a little concerned about how the offense could turn out, but I, I think at least they've got, you know, the bread and butter, Russell Westbrook, Stephen Adams, pick and roll. You know, that could really generate, I think, a lot of good looks for them, yeah. even though it's remarkable action. Um, you know, with Westbrook running the show, if he doesn't really regress that much... They should be they should be decent enough on offense, I think, to at least be a, a rock solid playoff game in the regular season. Yeah, I mean the uh, the hope is, uh, and I think Sam Presti has has kind of gone with this philosophy for for a while now with Russell Westbrook is that he can just prop up a team regardless of the shooting around him. So just put defenders uh, next to him, and that's kind of what he's done. And I think the 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 ceiling for this Thunder team would be if they could somehow be you know maybe a top two or three defense and with just the the ability of Westbrook to create his own shot and guys like Paul George that their offense can still somehow get to that ten to twelve range they uh, you know if if they can get to those two numbers they'll be a, a contender. Yeah, and and I think by the end of last year they were right at the edge of that tenth in offense. I think right. Yeah. I, I, they've got. They could get there. I think they could get there. But and their defense plummeted when when Robertson went out. Exactly, exactly. And I think a lot of that was, you know, I mean, obviously, this is going to be classic uh, blame Mello, but a lot of that was, you know, having a guy like Mello playing heavy minutes, who's, you know, a pretty damn weak defender, 
And at this point, they're not really going to be playing anyone like that. Yeah, it'll be uh, they'll be they'll be certainly very interesting to watch. So then, uh, after the Utah OKC tier, who do you have after them in the West? Right. So this is uh, this is the area that I had probably the most trouble with the five through ten slots in the West. I think there's going to be you know five teams really competing for all these slots, uh, and in no particular order, I guess I've got the Wolves, the Lakers. Pelicans, the Spurs, the Nuggets, and the Trailblazers. All of those teams in this sort of playoff morass right here at the bottom of the bottom half of the West. Right, yeah, I mean, the, those are all the teams that I have as well. I, I also threw in the Clippers, but I put it in order, and I had the Clippers last in the 11th spot. Because I think if things go perfectly for that team, they have enough to, to potentially make the playoffs, but uh, I don't see it happening. I actually did it in order. I put Minnesota 5, San Antonio 6, Denver 7, and the Pelicans 8. And uh, I actually have both the Lakers and the Blazers missing out uh, as far as my early season projections. Sacrilege with LeBron missing the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the Lakers, I mean, I guess we could start with them because they're... I, I really don't know what to make of that. I wouldn't be surprised if they missed the playoffs, and I wouldn't be surprised if they were like the fourth and fifth seed. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is just going to depend on who the hell are they playing, right? Mm-hmm. Because we've got like two, they've got like two weird competing wacky rosters. They've got all the wacky veterans, and then they've got the young dudes and LeBron, right? And if we're going to be seeing a lot of Led Stevenson, then I don't really have high hopes for this team. <laughs> But if we're going to be seeing LeBron with Josh Hart and the youngsters, and those guys can improve a little bit, and this could be, you know, at least at the very least, a really fun team that you know is going to run, which we don't really see a lot with with LeBron teams at this point. They've been older and uh, have definitely been more deliberate offensively. Mm-hmm. So, uh, who knows? I mean, they could be an explosive offense, but I, I really don't know what the heck to make of it. Yeah, their uh, their their whole free agency, their whole off season. I've mentioned this previously, but uh, their whole off season after getting LeBron was just terribly confusing. Getting a bunch of guys that can't shoot, a bunch of guys that are questionable locker room players. Uh, you know, just having Rajon Rondo, Lance Stevenson, JaVale McGee, and Michael Beasley on the same team seems to be like uh, a, a setup for like a reality TV show. I mean, <laughs> it's. I live in Los Angeles, so you know, marijuana is legal. Who knows? <laughs> uh, no, all, all jokes, all jokes aside, though, I mean, uh, that's a real concern. Like, yeah, who the heck would ever do that? I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and and you know, the people will probably come at me for saying that I think the Lakers will miss, and you know, it's it's not as if I think they're going to be terrible. I. You know, I think LeBron is one of the greatest players of all time. I've got him number two. He is terrific, but I think most of his value comes in the postseason. I think as a regular season contributor, he's not nearly as effective as people assume, and especially on the defensive end. And, you know, you, you talk about a Cavs team last year that in the Eastern Conference, which, again, we've we've already talked about, the Eastern Conference is a lot weaker the Cavs only won 50 games last year. And is there anyone on the Lakers roster that's as good of a second guy than Kevin Love? Maybe 
at the moment, probably not. But I, I, again, I I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, I like the potential LeBron Lonzo pairing more than I initially had. And but Rondo think, might get in the way of that. Oh God, eight million dollar Rondo, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, again, I I just. I'm having a hard time with this team because I don't really know how they're going to approach the season. And a lot of that, I mean, we can probably tell from how LeBron approaches it, right? Like, you know, these past few years in Cleveland, he's always in chill mode at the at the start of the year. and That really bred a lot of crappy defensive habits, especially for his teams, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he's taking things seriously and he's having fun out there and I, I don't know. I, I really don't know what to expect from them. And like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if they were fifth. I wouldn't be surprised if they were tenth. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, and in the in the West last season, the Nuggets what won forty six games and missed. I you know I'm kind of expecting something very similar again, like the ninth and tenth seeds in the West being you know above five hundred teams, good basketball teams, but it not being enough. Yeah, yeah. I, I think basically everyone. Everyone in the West, I feel like, maybe with the exception of the Rockets, like all the playoff teams got better. Yeah. And Portland, Portland maybe, they didn't really do, do all that much. That's why I also have them out, is because I feel like if you're, if you're not improving your team, you're, you're going backwards in this conference. Yeah, I, I, um, I agree with that. I, I don't think Portland's going to make it. And, and they were the team that I kind of was seeing on the on the outskirts more on the outside looking in people are saying uh, that uh, that portland it's it's crazy to suggest that a three seed from the previous year might miss but the difference between the three seed and the nine seed was three games last year and and portland had a a ton of health uh you know that their main guys lillard mccollum they were healthy pretty much the entire year you know, if one of those guys goes down for any length of time, that 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 would make the difference in in three games in the standings. Yeah, and I think there might be some flukiness in terms of. I mean, Portland was a top five defense last year. While Lillard got better, um, and Nurkic was pretty effective for them. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I believe in this team maintaining that kind of defensive production, and I'm pretty concerned about the offense. Which, you know, I mean might be weird to say when you've got Lillard and McCollum, but this team last year wasn't wasn't that great. It's not what we've been used to from Portland, right? They were 16th in offensive efficiency. They were dead last in assist rate. And they took a ton of mid-range shots. Like, they really rely on those two guys to hit a lot of tough shots for this offense to work. Right. So, uh, I mean, any, any backslide in those numbers, and it's, I mean, it could really... That could be the difference between being the three seed at forty nine wins, or winning forty five games and completely missing the playoff. Right. Yep. So, what's your thoughts on the uh, the San Antonio Spurs? I I for one am pretty high on San Antonio at least as a regular season team. I think you know Demar Derozan gets a lot of flack for his postseason struggles, and I agree with most of that that criticism. But as a regular season player, Derozan is very effective and has led the Raptors to you know, mid-50s win seasons for for several years in a row now. And him with Aldridge, I think, even without a a terrific supporting cast, I think those two guys being any, like, top 40 players in the NBA, I think those two guys are going to get them in along with, of course, 
the consistent coaching of Greg Popovich. Yeah, I feel like I feel like the Spurs could probably like will probably lose in the first round, but I have a hard time seeing them missing the playoffs entirely. Right. right? I, I mean, like you said, DeRozan for all his flaws, you know, not a great defender. He's you know every every year. We see the flashes of the three-pointer at the beginning of the season, and then by the end, he's you know reverted to his regular style of play. But you know, he's just a really effective player. He's a guy that is, is one of the best mid-range players in the league. He can get to the line very, very well. Uh, one of the best in the league at that. And so you know, I mean, with him and Aldridge, you're at least going to have probably a pretty effective offense. And San Antonio. Always, regardless of their personnel, <laughs> manages to have one of the best defenses in the league. Right. They're just so coached. And, uh, and so I think that they're going to make it. I, I, I think it might be in that 6-7 range, 8 range perhaps, but anywhere between 5 and 8, I would think, uh, for this team. What are your thoughts on, on the Minnesota Timberwolves and their, uh, their playoff chances? Yeah, so the Wolves were the eight seed last year, and Butler missed what, like twenty games? Yes, right near the end as well. Uh, yeah, they should, they should be a playoff, right? I mean, again, they had fourth best offense in the league, and that was despite the fact that you know we had all this tension between. Towns, Butler, Wiggins, you know, Wiggins kind of trying to hijack that offense a little bit. Uh, and, and then they were constantly playing two bigs, right? They were constantly playing Towns and Gibson and, and didn't have a ton of rage. And they were still the fourth best offense, you know? So I think they should be, if they can just improve the defense, right? This is what we say every year. They can just improve the defense. This has a team that has a chance to be, you know, a fifty-plus win team. Yeah, and you know, just yeah. the just the talent of uh, of Towns and and Butler alone, I think, uh, as you said, the offense doesn't necessarily look pretty all the time, and a lot of guys are getting more shots than uh, you know. Wiggins has got a higher usage rate than Towns, and that drives everybody crazy, as it should, because Towns is much more efficient. But just off the talent of Towns and Butler. Uh, they're they're able to uh, to craft a, a really good offense because those guys are just that good. Yeah, another one thing that concerns me about them is the is the bench, right? Like, I, I they added Anthony Tolliver, who I think is going to be really a, a nice piece for them. Mm-hmm. Assuming that he, you know, doesn't have that, he's he's up there in age. He's in his thirties now, so right. Uh, barring some regression, he should be a nice piece, a guy that can shoot. You know. Uh, you know, drive to the basket a little bit every once in a while. He's got some uh, nifty floater finishes and whatnot. Uh, and, you know, he's going to work on the defensive end. But beyond that, you know, you've got Rose, Dang, Luol Dang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep, Tibbs just wants, uh, just wants the entire roster of the 2011 Bulls. Uh, Joakim Noah's incoming. <laughs> yeah, oh my God, I hope not. Uh, Man, yeah, the, the bench, I'm not too excited about. 
Yeah, they, you know, outside of Tyus Jones, I like him as a backup point guard, but outside of him, they've, they've got a lot of question marks. I think they drafted a wing in the, in the draft with like the 20th pick. Yeah, so so maybe maybe he'll uh, he'll provide some solid backup uh, backup guard minutes, but but yeah, they uh, they they definitely have some some depth issues, and and as you stated earlier, the defense is going to be a concern. But you know, if if, if they're going to be a top five offense again, which I think they they very well could be, it's hard to see them not making the playoffs. Yeah, and then just with with familiarity, right? You know, another year with basically the same team some continuity, you know, that's generally pretty helpful. So maybe we just see some internal improvement, you know, and if Butler stays healthy, maybe this is a 50-plus one team anyway, you know, even if they're basically playing at the same level they were last year. Yeah. The the other couple of teams that I have kind of right on the right on the edge that I have them getting in but just barely is like uh, is Denver and New Orleans. Now, Denver... They're interesting to me because, you know, they've still got a really young roster that's going to be getting better. You know, Jokic, Murray, and Harris are all really young, uh, is, a, is a very young core that's going to improve. And, uh, you know, this season they'll hopefully have more health-related uh, luck with, with Paul Millsap, who was their big free agent acquisition and missed over half the year last year. So I, I like all of that, but also, you know, I, I think they really hurt their depth this offseason by trading Wilson Chandler to dump, to get get off money. Uh, they got rid of uh, Fareed and Arthur to get off money as well and attached a first-round pick to get off of their salaries. Uh, and then also, uh, you know, Isaiah Thomas, if he's the Isaiah Thomas of a couple of years ago, that might be a good pickup. But if he's the Isaiah Thomas that we saw last year, uh, I don't think he's an upgrade over Devin Harris. Yeah, maybe not, right? But at, at- at least he's, you know, only making $2 million this year. Right. <laughs> right. So, uh, it's, a, it's a low risk uh, that I, I think they might as well they might as well take, right? You know, this is, the Nuggets have, have had backup point guard troubles for the past few years, mm-hmm. you know, and last year they had Udi at the beginning of the year who was, you know, it continued to be a disaster. Um. And, and taking a swing on a guy like Thomas, you might as well, right? But, you know, Devin Harris, he was a guy they picked up, I believe, right around the, the trade deadline, and, and the Nuggets played a lot better basketball the second half of the season. I think that could be attributed a lot to Harris's solid play at backup point guard. So, so yeah, I agree, you know, it's it's low risk in, in terms of acquiring Isaiah Thomas, but if he doesn't pan out, that's just another depth issue, and they're back to the problems they had at the start of last season. Yeah, at where we're basically, you know, at least on the offensive end, you're going to have Will Barton filling in for a lot of his backup creation duties. Well, now is, Barton is starting uh, because of the absence of, of Chandler. So Barton probably isn't going to be as frequently used with those bench lineups. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it's going to turn out for them. I, I mean, this is a team that's always really, you know, that has great offensive output and trouble on the defensive end right yeah but you know uh the wing depth is is again a a problem here uh and that could really hurt them on both ends of the floor i think yeah i mean i i think i think wilson chandler is is a bigger loss than a lot of people are are claiming he was you know he's nothing special but just having 
just having a small forward that is okay at everything is really valuable. And just losing a guy like that for nothing, uh, you know, they, they re-signed Tory Craig, who played spot minutes for them, but but he's not anything special. Uh, you know, if he's in your rotation, I don't think you're doing that well on the wing. Uh, so, yeah, that that's going to be a struggle, and that's kind of why, you know, I, I love their top four guys, but then beyond that, uh, it, there's, there's a lot of question marks. Do you see any potential improvement candidates for them, like Wancho, Tory Craig, Malik Beasley, any of those guys making a potential leap? I don't see it from Beasley. You know, he's he's a guy that, what is this, his third year now? And he was in Summer League again and, and didn't show too much for me. But yeah, I've always liked Wancho, but he's uh, he kind of found himself down in the pecking order, even below a guy like Trey Lyles, who, who I also like, especially on the offensive end. I think they do have a lot of guys that are going to get better, just because, as I mentioned already, with their even their star players, with Jokic, Murray, Harris. But yeah, guys like Trey Lyles, and if Wancho gets out opportunities I think he'll get better so they're going to have a lot of those guys uh, improving it's just a matter of will that offset the lack of depth they um, that they lost from last year yeah and you know I'm, I'm looking at their I'm looking at their cap figures right now and I can't help but be annoyed at the fact that Mason Plumley is making 13 million dollars this year <laughs> yeah well, yeah, I mean, you, know? you, you look at, like, would you rather have Mason Plumley or would you rather have Wilson Chandler? I mean, to me, that's that's a no-brainer. I'd rather have a guy on the wing and figure out the center spot, uh, you know, down the line. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, I mean, I, I don't know. He didn't really have any leverage to get the contract that he did, but uh, that's going to be something that hamstrings that moving forward. I mean, it's not particularly movable. It's a substantial chunk of money. Anyway. And they lost a first-round pick, dumping money in large part due to the fact that they gave him that contract. So yeah, that was that was a mess. Um, but yeah, I, I still have Denver going in because again, like if if I really like your top four, the NBA, you know, you can survive on eight or nine in your rotation. And if your top four are really good, you're likely going to be a pretty good basketball team. And and I see their offense being top five quality. You know, moving on to a team like New Orleans, who I also have uh, just sneaking in. Uh, I think the the whole Nikola Miritich, when they got him uh, at the trade deadline and, and replaced him with Cousins, even though Miritich isn't as good of a player as Cousins, I really think that gave the Pelicans an identity. They started to switch more on defense, which I think suits Davis when he's playing center. And uh, offensively, they were able to run and gun more and provide even more spacing for those Davis rim runs. Yeah, I mean, we saw them in the playoffs, right? They absolutely destroyed the Blazers with those lineups. Yep. They just couldn't. Um, and their defense was was really monstrous in that first round playoff matchup. And a lot of that was, you know, the combination of Holiday locking down those guards, denying penetration, you know, coming up with blocks, and then Davis at the rim deterring people. Uh, you know, so... We'll see if they can. We'll see how the defense turns out this year. Uh, you know, they're replacing Rondo with Alfred Payton, who's, you know, not not great on that end. Yeah. Uh, not not that Rondo was. I mean, he was he was bad as well. <laughs> um, but I'm curious to see, you know, how they how they start and close games. You know, especially with the addition of Julius Randle on this team. 
Yeah, I, I really like how you know what Julius Randle brings them because he brings them a little bit something different uh, on the offensive end, a guy that can kind of bully people on the block. But then also I think he, uh, unlike Cousins, still fits their defensive scheme where they, they like to switch. So I think that's a pretty good move for them. They also got uh, recently uh, Ty Wallace from the Clippers, who, who had a really impressive year on a two-way contract for L.A., uh, another guy that you know has uh, shooting difficulties, but uh, I think in a lot of ways might uh, might end up being a better solution for them over a guy like uh, Alfred Payton. Yeah, and and then on offense, right? I mean, even though you know they obliterated the Blazers, they were I think they were scoring at, at a clip of like 115 points per hundred possessions. Yeah, in the playoffs in those four games. This offense is, is uh, you know, it's still a little concerning, right? Because, you know, beyond Holiday, who is going to be, who's going to be shooting for this team, right? Miritich, depending on if he's starting or not, uh, is, is the other reliable shooter out there. Moore can stroke it as well, but who are they closing with? Are they going to be throwing Darius Miller in there? Mm-hmm. Are they going to be throwing Aiden in there? Who is that fit guy, kind of, I'm, I'm thinking, and, and, and can he shoot or not? And that's going to be a big concern, I think. Well, that's, that's uh, you know, going back to Denver, and we mentioned they have problems on the wing. I think that's a huge issue with this team, and especially in the event that, say, yeah, you don't get production from Peyton or Ty Wallace, and you've got to move Drew Holiday to the point guard position. That's great and all, but that, that only works if you've got guys at the wing that can then fill in. And, and as you said, they, they kind of lack that. I think Darius Miller is, you know, a solid backup wing, but I don't, you know, as a starter, he's, he's subpar. But yeah, outside of him, uh, you know, they've got Solomon Hill, who to me is more of a four than a three, but they just, they just really lack options at that spot. And, you know, maybe, maybe they can make a move to, to add somebody at some point, but that's going to be a problem all season long. And, and why, again, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned and, wouldn't be shocked if they missed out on the playoffs. Do you think they'll play Miritich at the three if they have to? You know, they could, but then as soon as you start doing that, then you have to bring in a fourth big outside of, you know, Davis, Miritich, and Randall. you got to start playing, uh, who you know, an Emeka Okafor or, um, you know, somebody else that I think is subpar. I, I love their three-man big rotation, but yeah, as soon as you put Miritich at the three spot, you got to bring in another guy that uh, I think is, uh, you know, below average for a rotation player. Yeah, and you know, I, I think I, just some some final comments on this team, right? I mean, if Anthony Davis is going to be an MVP form, they're probably just going to make the playoffs, right? Like, if he's playing the way he did towards the end of last year, and maybe even a little better. You know, whoever they've got around, this is going to be a really difficult team to beat. And they, you know, they're a little wacky, too, you know? Right. Um, and that could be to their advantage as well. Um, they should make it. I mean, if, if, if there's any injury concerns with Davis, that could be, obviously, immediately derailed. Um, but I could see them winning, like, 47 around that. Right. Yeah, you, you talk about the injury concerns with Davis. He's had some durability issues in the past, and, and Drew Holiday has as well. So, you know, I think either of those guys, if either of them go down for a significant chunk of time, they're toast. But uh, if those guys can play, you know, 70-plus games each, then, yeah, I think they're a likely playoff team. Uh, let's see, what who else uh, 
the uh, we haven't talked. Well, we did talk a little bit about Portland. Uh, was there anybody else in that uh, in that category you felt like we still had to to chat about a little bit? Uh, I think we touched on everyone. Oh, you mentioned the Clippers before, correct? Oh yeah, but you had them in a lower tier. Yeah, yeah, I had them. I had them basically in the same spot, but just in a in a, a tier below. I I thought that they're going to be a, a lottery team. Okay. Know, and- Unless a lot of teams ahead of them really had injury problems, uh, I, I I don't see them making the playoffs. Yeah, I mean they uh, they're a team to me that have just a, a ton of quality NBA players. I mean, if Patrick Beverly comes back and is healthy, he's a solid starting point guard. Same with uh, Avery Bradley. Uh, you know, Tobias Harris is a solid player. Uh, Danilo Gallinari he has a ton of durability issues, but when he's healthy, he's he's a solid player. Uh, you know, Marcin Gortat uh, and, you know, Montrez Harrell isn't the worst center combo in the world. And, and they've got depth all over the place. Uh, you know, they, they've got two or three guys deep at every position. They're well coached. They're going to play hard. Uh, you know, it, it wouldn't shock me if things really panned out for this team. But, but yeah, I think the, the lack of, of top-tier talent is, is why I have them a little bit below the likes of like even the Lakers or Portland, who I have at nine and ten, and missing out. But I still think they're better than than the rest of the the Western Conference. Yeah, agreed. And you know, this team kind of just reminds me a lot of like of the Heat in a sense, right? This is like Heat West to me. I mean that we just we kind of know what it is. You know, they got a lot of depth, a lot of solid guys, but nobody that's really that you know exciting well i didn't even uh, mention i didn't even mention lou williams who 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 won the sixth man of the year and scored over 20 points a game for them coming off the bench most likely this year yeah and i mean he's gonna be in, in, a, in a similar role again right i mean so he's gonna have a pretty big burden he's uh in his 30s again can we expect that same kind of season from him that he had last year i don't really know yeah um, if he's even a little less effective right that could be a problem. Uh, and then another concern for these guys is defense, right? I mean, they have Bradley and Beverly, you know, two two guys that, for the backcourt, those are, you can't really think of many better backcourt defenders than that duo, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, injury concerns with them, and then the frontcourt, you know, guys that aren't the most reliable. So, and no real presence at the rim, you know, with, between Harrell and Gortat. Uh, it could be they could be a little rough on that. Yeah, that's that's certainly understandable. Um, uh, if they're if they're not even like average defensively, I mean, you at that point you have to get into the top ten on offense. And, and again, based on uh, some of the teams we previously talked about, that that's a tough feat. But moving on to uh, to I have in my next tier, uh, I've got uh, I've got Memphis at twelve, Dallas at thirteen, and Phoenix at fourteen in my next tier. Who do you have in those uh, in those spots? Uh, yeah, I actually had basically the same. Um, you know, Memphis. I actually had Dallas ahead of Memphis, um, and, and then other than that, the same. Right, uh, Dallas ahead of Memphis only because Memphis just has so many injury concerns. Right. Um, you know, if for years, obviously, it was the case that as long as Gasol and Connolly are healthy, this team is going to make playoffs. Mm-hmm. But, you know, those guys are older. Gasol did not have a good year last year. Um, 
especially on the offensive end. He, you know, he was still shooting threes like he was the year before, but at a worse clip. Pretty ineffective generally. Uh, so I don't know. I'm, I'm concerned about the Grizzlies. Yeah, that that uh, that's totally fair. I guess the the only reason I had them above Dallas, I, I think Dallas's floor is higher than Memphis's, but Memphis's ceiling is higher because if if Gasol and Conley stay healthy, uh, you know, I, I think they're a team that's going to be at least around five hundred. I think those guys are are still, and you know, as you mentioned, Gasol has regressed a little bit, but even still, I think those guys are good enough that if if they play most of the season. They're going to be a team that that wins just about as many as they lose. So that's the only reason I have them higher than than Dallas. But but I certainly you know in terms of if if there are injuries, if if Connolly or Gasol get hurt, they're going to be one of the worst teams in the league again. Whereas Dallas, I think if they if they suffer a couple of injuries, they're they're still with Rick Carlisle, with Dirk Nowitzki, uh, you know, and and some of their young talent. I think they're going to win thirty games just about no matter what. Yeah, and, and maybe maybe the issue for Dallas, right, is they play so many dudes, Smith, Luka, um, you know, Dirk, that are really poor defenders, um, that they just have such a catastrophically bad defense that they're going to be, you know, not not a very good team. But even if that is the case, um, they've got some talent, you know. I mean, Smith, Wes Matthews, Luka, Harrison Barnes, DeAndre, Dirk. You know, they've got some guys that that can shoot, that can score. I think they're going to be pretty good on the offensive end, especially. Yeah, so uh, what are your what are your thoughts on Phoenix? I, I think they're going to be better than most people realize. I think the, the, the acquisition of Ryan Anderson, and they, they already talked about that he's going to start at the power forward spot, but I think just having Trevor Ariza and Anderson at, at the forward positions is going to make this team a little bit more respectable. I mean, Devin Booker is likely to get better. You've got the number one pick in Aiton. Uh, you know, the the jury's still out on whether he's going to be able to contribute to winning, but most number one picks do that. Uh, and then, you know, I, I liked the uh, the Mikael Bridges guy that they, they got from uh, in the draft as well from Villanova. I think he's going to be a solid guy. Uh, so, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Phoenix is at least watchable this year. Uh, and a team that, you know, w- would be getting near 30 wins. Yeah, I think they're going to be, I mean, they're not going to be good, but they're going to be interesting, right? Yeah. And uh, the acquisition of Anderson, I think, could really help them, especially because, you know, the past few years, they've had Chris and Bender trying to fill that role of floor spacer at the floor spot, and neither of those guys has been up to it. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, we've seen Anderson with the Rockets these past two years, really be a guy that can shoot it from way deep and really work the floor. Um, and I think that can help their their youngsters a lot and help a guy like Devin Booker, um, you know, who's going to have a lot of creation duties for this team. Yeah, and I think it'll help. Uh, it should help uh, the progression of Aiton as well, having more space in the paint with Anderson uh, spreading the floor. Uh, but yeah, they, they, should be, they should be pretty interesting. Uh, and... And uh, I believe both of our 15s are the Sacramento Kings. Is that right? Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, not a lot to not a lot to say about this team, but uh, you know, I think they were uh, offensive and defensive efficiency. They were in the bottom three in both categories last year. 
I don't see that changing very much. I don't think Marvin Bagley is going to be a guy that's going to impact winning, especially in year one. Uh, yeah, I, I just don't. Uh, I don't see how Sacramento gets a uh, gets into even the category of a of a team like Phoenix. I think the Western Conference, as crazy as this sounds, could have fourteen teams that win thirty games, and then you've got maybe Sacramento with fifteen. Wow. Yeah. I mean. Jeez, you got just so damn bad to win only 15 games. But, but you know, like, uh, Phoenix is going to be better than they were last year. I think you're right in that sense, right? I mean, I don't think they have any teams that are just total doormats yeah. uh, in the West, really, other than, than maybe Sacramento, who I don't really see what the case for them improving is in either offense or defense, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's the other thing going back to like these, uh, you know, looking at LeBron trying to make the playoffs with the Lakers. That's uh, that was one of the advantages of being in the Eastern Conference. Is on a random Tuesday night, you've got a Chicago and Orlando and New York or an Atlanta or Brooklyn. You know, in previous seasons, where it's like, okay, we've got a pretty easy game here. Whereas in the Western Conference, even like a, a Tuesday night in uh, in Memphis. If uh, if Memphis has all their guys healthy, is uh, is going to be a challenge. Yeah, yeah, and I, I don't know. I mean, we'll see with the Kings. Like they've got Fox and Bagley. I mean, I, I'm still though. You know, they, they've they've got a lot of young guys. A lot of guys are on their rookie deals, but I'm not too excited about any of them. You know, we'll see with Fox. He showed some flashes last year. But Carly Stein, I mean, is it time to give up on him? I mean, he's shown some flashes, but not the greatest player. Ben Macklemore, we've you know we've been through it for years and years with him. Is he ever going to become an offensive player that's legit? Is he ever going to show any flashes in the defensive end? I don't know. They've had this confusing run of. Uh, you know, drafting guys and then drafting on top of them to the point where they get buried on the bench. Even a guy like Scalabissier showed a lot of promise his rookie year, but then they keep drafting guys. They keep drafting Marvin Bagley and Harry Giles and that Georges Papianas. They keep drafting all these big guys, Collie Stein, and then all of a sudden Scalabissier is just sitting on the bench and not even getting to show what he's capable of doing. And, you know, the best way for young players to improve is to get out on the floor and, and get better. And they're kind of inhibiting themselves by just drafting over the top of their young players. And beyond the drafting, I mean, last year they brought in George Hill and they brought in Zach Randolph. And, uh, just, and then the Vince Carter. Right? Yeah. They brought in these guys, you know, for, for what reason? That are going to be ahead of the dudes in your, in your rotation that you're you know, going to test out and might win you one or two more games to screw over your draft pick. And in the end, that didn't end up happening, right? But, you know, what was the point of them really bringing in George Hill? What was the point of bringing in Zach Randolph? Like, they weren't able to exchange those guys for anything legit. Yeah, it it, it really is kind of a, you know, it, it speaks to an organization that doesn't really know what it's doing. You know, you've got uh, even like a Costa Kufas, uh, you know, another guy that's come in there and, and taken minutes from their young players when, yeah, like the the best case scenario for Sacramento at this stage is getting good draft picks and also improving your young talent. That's how you develop a team into a contender. Uh, and, and they've been doing things that kind of sabotage that strategy. 
Yeah, and, you know, a thing that we have yet to mention so far is that they owe their pick this year. Right. And we both have them, you know, slotted to be the worst team in the West and probably one of the worst in the league, right? Yeah. So, I mean, they're going to end up giving that pick either to Boston or the Sixers. <laughs> and that is that is a fascinating uh, storyline given that Philadelphia keeps it if it's number one overall. And uh, Boston gets it if it's uh, if it's anything else. So that uh, that will be uh, one of the more franchise altering uh, draft lotteries, maybe ever. Yeah, yeah. And you know, one one last thing about about the Kings. To me, it didn't seem like they really, you know, got that much crap for passing on Doncic. You know, a lot of people gave the Hawks a lot of flack for thinking that Young was better than. Than Luca, but you know the Kings had a chance to draft Doncic too, and they just took back it. Yeah, I mean, I I was uh, uh, I wasn't one of those people that didn't give them crap. I was very against it. I had Bagley as number nine on my board. Now, you know, I don't I don't want to pretend like I did a ton of research, but I I watched the draft express and 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 did a little bit prior to the draft, and you know he was he was number nine on my board. So yeah, I was. Uh, I thought that was a, a terrible decision, especially given that they don't have any playmakers on the wing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll see. I mean, they've had a they've had a glut of, of big men these past two three years, and they've continued to uh, to contribute to it. And you know, so. they they drafted, or you know, part of their reasoning or logic behind not taking Doncic was they didn't want to take the ball out of the hands of Fox. But as like the Houston Rockets last year have shown, and basically any great team of the last five years, you need multiple guys that can handle the ball and make plays, and you can alleviate some of those concerns of taking it out of a guy's hands by staggering minutes and you know doing those sorts of things. So uh, yeah, I think if that was their reasoning, they didn't want to take the ball out of Fox's hands. Uh, that was uh, that wasn't the most intelligent thing to do, and especially given that we're not even sure De'Aaron Fox is a legitimate, you know, all-star caliber guy anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've only seen him for a year, and yeah, I, I hope that that wasn't the logic, you know. Yeah, that's basically uh, that's basically all we got. We've we've gone through all thirty uh, all thirty teams. Do you do you have any final comments before we go? What do you think? Do you think that the Warriors are... I mean, they're the championship favorite, but do you think that they're going to win the championship this year? Do you see anyone giving them a, a fight for it? I, I honestly do. I, I, I see them winning, but I, I genuinely think the Eastern Conference champion is going to give them a series. I think the most... Again, most likely it's going to be Boston or Toronto. You know, if Toronto gets out of the Eastern Conference, that would most likely mean that Kawhi is Kawhi, uh, and I think they that roster could give Golden State problems, and I think Boston, uh, and again, especially defensively, both of those teams, I think, can switch and have the defensive personnel to give the Warriors issues in, in similar ways that the, the Rockets were able to, uh, to last year. But uh, the, the challenge with, with those Eastern Conference teams is going to be, can they score enough to beat Golden State? And I think they're going to come just short uh, of doing that. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you. And I think that, obviously, we don't know what's going to happen next offseason, but this could be maybe the last year that we enter with the Warriors as the clear favorites. Right. Um, 
next summer, who knows? Especially with the Lakers looming large, perhaps even the Knicks. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fascinating to watch. But uh, Jerry, thank you, uh, thank you so much for coming on and doing this with me. Yeah, big thanks, Garrett, for having me, and uh, I look forward to uh, to some more in the future. All right, man. Thanks so much for listening to Duncan Dynasty. I am Garrett Bouguet. If you'd like to contact me, I'm on Facebook at facebook.com slash Garrett Bouguet. I'm also on Twitter at Garrett Bouguet. And uh, if uh, if you'd like to email me, my email is g-bouguet at onu.edu. Uh, feel free, uh, any comments, critiques, compliments about the pod, I'm, I'm happy to hear it, and I, hopefully I can get back to you as well. Uh, if you'd like to show your support, uh, for Duncan Dynasty, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes. Uh, if you can leave a rating and review on there, that's uh, that's terrific. And if uh, if you don't use iTunes, uh, leaving a rating and review uh, on that as well is uh, extremely helpful. But uh, once again, thank you so much, and have a good rest of your day. Leftovers or the DMV or house cleaning or Chumba Casino always brings the fun play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere you could redeem some serious prizes ChumbaCasino.com live the Chumba life no purchase necessary we were prohibited by law T plus terms and conditions apply see website for details mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.